October. Uh, actually, the days are 20 through 22nd. And uh, it's always a great time for men to connect with, with the Lord primarily, make friendships, uh, and, and just get in the Word and come back transformed. Uh, that was a wonderful testimony of someone that went there last year. And I believe that, that God has, uh, he's got an appointment with a lot of us men that are going to be going up there. And, and, and he wants to speak into our lives. No pressure, but let me tell you, it'll be a great time. So, so consider, consider that. Um, I, I, I just want to piggyback on, on Mike's uh, announcements. We are so stoked and excited about the after school program. Uh, launching and uh, all the work that Nanette and her team are doing. So, uh, Nanette, we're going to give you a hand for a lot, of, a lot of weeks, okay? So thank you so much for everything you're doing, girl. We appreciate you. If you know children that would benefit from it, uh, point them this way, and I think it will transform their lives. I was worshiping this morning. I was gone last week. Um, and how many of you know that when you fly, there's usually some turbulence that, you, that will affect you in some way. Anyone ever flew and felt some turbulence? Just raise your hand. But how many of you land and then there's turbulence as you come into your life? You're hit with things in life, right, that kind of shake you up. And I was worshiping this morning and the Lord just really did something in me. Uh, how many of you ever worship your way out of a, out of a hard place? You worship your way out of a difficult place. The Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And where the Lord is, the devil doesn't want to be. So when you want the devil out of your life, spend some time with God. The more you worship him, the more that, that you elevate him, the more you, you lift your voice and your hands to him, the more that the devil says, I don't want no part of that. I'm going to wait till he, his hands are down. Because when you do this, really, when you do this, it's like you're like this. Right? The Lord's, and then you think it's you, it's the Holy Spirit doing it. He's doing the work. So I'm starting a series today that I'm so excited about. Uh, we're looking at the truth about marriage. Now, I want to I wanna kind of not pre-warn you, but just, just say this on the, on the front side of the message, uh, or the, the, the message is that I will say things uh, that will make you, might make you feel uncomfortable. I might say things that uh, are going to uh, make you kind of squirm in your seat, but it's not me that's saying that it's the Word of God. And I think that if we preach and teach the Word of God, it does something in the hearts of people. And, and so I'm going to say this as well. You may not, there may be some people that may not be real happy with some of the things that I say. But I, I got to tell you this, I'd rather God be happy with me than people. And I think the church, in a lot of ways, is, is looking for the, the, the favor of people instead of the favor of God. And we're going to look at what is truth when it comes to marriage. That's the whole theme of 2023. What is truth that we find from God? Now, God's truth is absolute. It doesn't change. It doesn't waver. It's not one thing one day, another thing the next day. Now, people's truth is always changing. It's called relative truth. And you'll hear someone say something like this, what's true for you, that's good, that's good. But 
that's not true for me. This is true for me. And the reality is we're not looking for relative truth. We're looking for the absolute truth. And you find that in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me. Uh, no one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is the is foundation of truth. And so we want to keep everything Christ-centered. The, the Apostle Paul said this uh, as he's writing to the Romans in chapter 3, verse 4. He said, let God be found true and every man a liar. What does that mean? That means when man's words go against God's word, you believe God's word. If James Reese or any other person that is standing behind this lectern, this, this pulpit, this table, says something that contradicts God's word, I want you, as God's people, to believe the word of God rather than a person speaking. And that goes in every aspect, everything that you're hearing. So when we, we, when we hear the, 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 the messages of marriage, there's a lot of different and conflicting messages of what marriage is or what marriage is not. Or should we be married or should we not be married or is it important for us to be married or, 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 or you know, it's not important for us to be married. Let me, sit, let me start with this. Marriage is the building block of a healthy society. Every healthy society has healthy marriages. And as marriages break or are broken or are severed or not even entered into, your society will follow suit. And so we find that, not because James Reese is saying that, we find that because God says it. And the, the, the marriage is the, the first institution that God ever formulated. Before he ever made the church, before he ever made government, he instituted marriage. And that says a lot. Uh, if we get marriage right, our, our families benefit for generations. Our communities benefit, our schools benefit, and the list goes on and on. You'll never know commitment without marriage. You'll never know trust without marriage. You, you'll never know intimacy, true intimacy without marriage. And let me tell you, what we're going to talk about intimacy. I'm going to add another part to this series. And that part, we're going to talk about intimacy. And all the guys just stood up right now and said, okay, I'm coming to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find companionship. We'll, we'll find in, in marriage, you'll find long-suffering. Anyone ever suffered in marriage? So smart people are not raising their hands. <laughs> or your spouse is not here. You just got to raise a teenager to suffer. Or a young adult, you know. And, and so there's, you, you, you find long-suffering in marriage. You, you, you find patience in marriage. You find persistence and perseverance, that's where you experience these attributes which are from God. And when you get marriage right, a lot of wonderful things happen in your life. A lot of wonderful things happen in your children because they see a model. A lot of wonderful things happen in your grandchildren because they see a model. And I just believe that we need more healthy marriages in our society. I'm here as a proponent for marriages. I'm believing that, that the, the whole, the, the fruit of this series is that we're going to have people lined up wanting to get married. And I know a pastor. 
And we even have the, the, the seats, and we have a middle aisle. Well, we're ready. Everybody was thinking, what, what's, what's about all these seats? I said, I got a series coming. I got a series coming. Just hold on. Hold on. So it's important that we see marriage from God's perspective. We got to go to the very creation account. And uh, we're going to look at it uh, from a, a, a magnified or a zoomed lens. The creation account uh, in chapter 1 is a very general account of creation. So it's like you're looking like, through a big picture. And uh, God is describing how he created the heavens and the earth, how he called light, and, uh, and all the, the animals he created and everything, you know, that, that was formed. We see that in a, in a general sense. But then when he gets to chapter 2, he zooms in. And he, he wants us to see details. So we're going to see the details. In fact, in all of the creation account, every time God made something, he said, this is good. Then we get to verse 18, and he looks and he says, this is not good. And we're going to read why. Amen? So when God says something is not good, guess what God does? He fixes it. When, when he said, James Reese, your life is not good, he said, let me fix it for you. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, my life would be a mess. And every time my life gets to be messy, I need more Jesus in my life. Anytime my marriage gets, gets on, on shaky ground, I need more Jesus, more stability. And I'm not going to say Shauna needs more Jesus because I need Jesus. I, I'm not going to point the finger. I'm going to say I need Jesus. I need, I need him for my part. Because one of the things we do in marriage is that we, we blame the other person. But we got to take ownership that we will do what God calls us to do. So here we go. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper, not a slave, not a boss. Hear me now. Don't say anything, man. You're going to get in trouble. Don't say anything. A helper. <clears throat> now that word in the original Hebrew is the same word that's used about God when it says, the Lord is my helper. So wives, you need to know something, that you are the savior of your husband. You are a companion to your husband. You, you come alongside... Let me say this, when, when I met Jesus, when Jesus came into my life, when he saved me, I understood what a gem I had in Shauna Reese. That she has saved me from myself. That she's more than just uh, uh, my, my old lady. That was my, that was my verbiage. Before Christ, my old lady. My, you know... Just no, no, no source of no uh, uh, form of respect, and then God comes into your life, and she's the one that saves me every day. She's the one that 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 compliments me, that makes me better. 
Why, why do I say that? The word of God says, I will make him a helper that's going to be suitable for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Let's stop right there. This is important. So when, when, out, of, out, of, out of dirt, God made every single creature, every animal, every, every uh, bird. Uh, he, he made them, made them. Now, when they die, what do they, what do they turn back into? Dust. So it's very logical right here. Now, it also said that he brought them to the man, and the man would, would, would do what? Name them. We're still naming animals. I got Aspen at the house, and we got Kobe Bean. We're, and people are, people are still naming animals, scientific names. So it's very logical, amen? They're, they're still doing it today. So it's truth right there. Um, and whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper that was suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And as he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at the place. Now, let's just think about it. What do, what do uh, surgeons do when they do surgery? What do they do? Do they, do they open you up when you walk in the office? They, they, what do they do? They put you under anesthesia. What, what does that mean? I wonder where they got that from. The first surgery that was ever done. It just makes logical sense, right? Um, and so he... When the man slept, he took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh at that place. He took one of the ribs. Now, let's think with me. Think with me. Why didn't God take one of the bones from the foot of Adam? Why didn't the Lord take a bone from the head of Adam? Could it be that he did not want man to walk over the woman? Could it be that he did not man to be submitted to the woman, to be under the woman? Could it possibly be that he took the rib so that the woman would be right at his side? That they would submit themselves to one another as what, ha as what happens when Christ renews our lives. So he took the rib. Now, now, this isn't beautiful right here. He took the rib, closed up the flesh at that place, and the Lord God, now this is crazy, the Lord God fashioned the rib. He fashioned into a woman this rib. Now, women to this day are still fashioning themselves. I'm panning the audience, and let me tell you that the women are a lot more fashioned than the men. That goes right back to, to the creation account. That's how women are made, right? And, he, and he, uh, he fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man, and he brought her to the man, and the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. That's why women are called women. And this is the most important verse of the day, of the whole passage. 
For this reason, verse 24, or for this cause, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two will become one. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. This is pre-sin. There was no sin in the creation account. It was a perfect world. And in this perfect world, there was a perfect marriage. How many of you strive for a perfect marriage? We should. As much as we can, we want our marriage to get better. How many of you strive for a horrible marriage? You're in the right place, because I'm going to help you get out of that. You're going to get out of that. Some of you strive for no marriage, right? Some of you, some of you, you know, you, marriage is like, uh, who needs a paper? You know, we're doing it this way, you know. You need a paper. You need to do it right. You need to honor God. The writer of Hebrews says that uh, the marriage bed is undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers will be judged. By the church? No, by God. So because, because marriage is commitment. Marriage is, is saying we're, we're in this for, for the long haul. We're in it for the good, the bad, and the ugly. No matter what happens in our life, no matter what goes on with our children, no matter what the struggles we have, we know that God put us together. You get cancer, babe, I'm going to stand by you. If, if, I, if I get, uh, you know, a condition, uh, you know, Parkinson's, or if I get whatever, uh, I, I believe my wife will stand by me. If I come to a place in my life that, that I am not the person that I was when she married me at, uh, I was 20 and she was 19, I think, or 18 and 19. 18 and 19. We were babies, babe. We still are. <laughs> but we, we you, 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 if you don't look the same, you still love each other with the love of God. Why? Because we're committed to each other. Amen? And, and I, I need to kind of, uh, as a precursor, I need to say this. Some of you in here are, maybe you're single and you're, and, and you're thinking, well, how does that even uh, pertain to me. Let me tell you, did you come from parents? Did you, you know, are, are you uh, aspiring for, for marriage? And even if you're not, there, there's a gift in singleness. And we might talk about that in, in the series as well, because there is a gift of singleness. Because when you're single, you're, you're married to Christ. You can commit yourself fully to Christ. You don't have the pressures of someone telling you to pick up your socks. You don't, you don't have the pressure of someone saying, did you, did you, is that yours? You know, when they, that, that's, that still baffles me when my wife says, are those, are those your underwear? I'm like, baby, if those are not my underwear, we're going to have a talk. It's a different conversation. But that's just, what, that's just what wives do. They ask these questions, right? <clears throat> so so let, let's look at these three takeaways, okay? The, the truth about marriage. The first thing is, Marriage is God's idea. It's not man's idea. Every, every culture in the world, every culture, every ethnicity celebrates marriage. Why is that? Because it was given to man in the very beginning. 
And it's important for us to know that it's God's idea because if we get marriage wrong, we will skew what its original intent was. That's why it's important for us to go to the, 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 the creation account so we can see what was marriage supposed to look like. Man's ideas and God's ideas are at complete opposites. So my question is not what do you think or what do I think. My question is what does God think? I just noticed there's a check right there, too, so I'm like, whoever gets it first, you got it. Um, so, so we see here that, that ideas or, or our thoughts, that's where ideas originate in, in our thoughts. So let's go to verse 26 again. Then God said, let us, this is, this is chapter 1, verse 26, so we're, we're going back into the first chapter. This is important right here. That's why I put it there. Um, it says there, then God said, here, here's God, and, and, and we're going to see the, the, the Trinity being introduced. Then God said, let us, one God, let us, the plurality of God, and we find that in the New Testament, the plurality of God is three persons, one God. Amen? The Father, the what? The Son, and then who? The Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And then he explains what that means. This that means they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry around, along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God. He created them. Now, this is important. And he created them male and female. And God was not confused. And neither am I. God's original intent was for us to be like him. He gave Adam authority over animals. He, he tended the garden. He had this ability that no other animal had or no other bug had. And, and so we, we find, and, and this, is, this is important right here. Now, if you work for, for, uh, for the, the state or the county and you work for animal services, what do they call that service? It's called animal what? Animal control. Because you're in control of the animals. It still makes sense today. Adam, uh, Adam was in control of the animals. When we, when we have fisheries, it's not the fish that are, that are birthing more fish and, and, and producing more. The, the fisheries are producing more trout so they can go stock them there at, uh, at the rivers at, in Greer so Pastor James can go catch them. We have zoos. We have, we have Shark Week on Discovery. And Shark Week, we, we see marine biologists, sci scientists track sharks, and they see their tendencies. I, how many of you walk, watch Shark Week? Man, it's so cool. You've got three of us nerds. 
And you just get, you get to track these sharks. You get to see what they do. And then you've got people that, these crazy people that go in there with the sharks. And I'm going, baby shark, do 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 No, no, why do people do these things? Because, because they're so smart? No, it was God's idea. So when, you, when, you're, when you're calling your, your, your dog or you're calling your cat, someone just talked to me earlier about losing their cat, and uh, you know, we're praying for, for you because we get, we get attached to our animals, amen? But can I tell you that you guys call your animals, you name them, you feed them, you take care of them. They don't take care of you. And we're even having people now that, that, that they're saying that, that they're animals. I'm a cat. I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And there's all kinds of confusion going on that goes against what the Word of God says. And instead of us making it more difficult, why don't we simplify it by believing God and, and, and knowing that if a man or a woman speaks something contradictory to that, let them be found to be a liar. And let God be found to be true. You know, he, he created humans to be male and some humans to be female. And, uh, and I, I thought about this. You know, some people think they're smart. They have these gender reveal uh, parties and they hit a piñata and they turn blue or pink. Uh, or they hit a golf ball and it explodes blue for the boy, pink for the girl. Uh, and and the, the reality, and that's wonderful, that's fun. I did it with my kids when they, we never did that growing up, Sean and I. We, we didn't even know about those kind of things. How many of you do, didn't know about you, you put blue and pink in a pinata and you're, you know, you, or whatever, and then you, you have these parties. Everyone's looking for a party anyways, right? We just said, well, when the baby comes, it's gonna come and we're gonna, we're gonna see what it's gonna be. But the reality is that what I want us to grab a hold of is that God is not confused. And neither should we. And as we, as, we, as we grow in this, as we grow in the, in the knowledge of God, then we begin to know that God doesn't want us to be alone. So the, the, the first and fundamental uh, reason for my marriage with Shauna is because she makes me better by being my companion. Can I tell you that the devil will really beat people up when he isolates you? And the devil will really break marriages up when they don't communicate. Amen? It's not God that doesn't want for you to talk to your spouse. It's the enemy. In fact, your spouse should be your greatest confidant. It certainly shouldn't be uh, the person at work. Of the same sex. It certainly shouldn't be uh, the person at, at the school or the person wherever you go in the, in the market or at the pickleball courts or wherever you're going, a golf court course. It doesn't matter where we go. It should not be your, your greatest confidant. The person that you go deeper with in your life should be your, your spouse. Can I tell you why? Because when you go into those deeper things with your spouse, you build trust. You build trust that, 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 uh, that you will not hide anything from them. Amen? And, and what happens is if you begin to hide the, the, the small things, you will definitely begin to hide the, the big things, right? 
So we can take 18, verse 18 of chapter 2 to heart. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a, a, a helper who is going to be just right for him. Now we go into the second part, the, the second takeaway. So it's, it's God's idea, but it's also what? It's God's design. God's design. And this is important. When we know the original design, we can safeguard ourselves from making something completely different from what its designer meant it to be. Are you with me? I'm going to give you an example from, 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 from my homies. So my, my homies would take these vehicles, like a 57 Chevy or, you know, these, these, these older vehicles, uh, an Impala, and they would chop them. And they would bring the, 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 the top down, and then they'd lower them, and then they'd put hydraulics. Orale, <laughs> vato! What up, Holmes? And if you couldn't lower the car, this is the truth. I saw a friend of mine do this. They'd get big rocks and they'd put it in the, in the trunk so they would lower it. <laughs> or they'd tell the homie, Tito. Tito was a big guy. Tito, get in the back. <laughs> Why am I saying that? When, when, when the original, the designer of the Impala, the, the designer of that 57 Chevy would see that car, they said, that's not the car I designed. Are you with me? And you've got to do all kinds of modifications to that car. Now, marriage, if, if we start to design marriage differently than what it was originally designed, we're going to get it wrong no matter how many hydraulics we put into it. We, we, find, we find that um, from, from this account that it is not good for the man to be alone. It was not good for him to find true, hear me now, true companionship and intimacy, hear me, this is important, in a cow, a horse, a dog, a bug, or anything else. Are you with me? True, in, true intimacy, I'm talking not only sexual intimacy, we're talking a lot more about that as we go through the series, not only sexual intimacy, but even emotional intimacy, mental intimacy, is meant to be found in your spouse. So, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept, took one of his ribs, there's this intimacy. He, he says, I'm going to form woman completely different than everything else that I formed. Everything else, I made it out of dirt. No, 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 no. This, I'm going to take it out of this prize creation, out of this man. I'm going to take the rib out. And he, she is going to be so special that it's going to change your life. Hear me now. Marriage should change our life. But we have to work at marriage to change our lives. We've got to cross the threshold into marriage for it to change our lives. We've got to buy into the commitment. We've got to buy into the reality that, that we are better together. That it's not good for us to be. 
alone. We've got to understand that women are created differently than men. That they're fashioned and we're not. And women begin to understand that. You know, Job 31.1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to lust at another young woman. That, that, that verse stands out to me from the first day that I read it. It just popped out at me because before Jesus, I lusted at everything that walked by. Because I didn't have God. Hear me now. But God does something into our life. He does something in our hearts and in our minds where we begin to look at the woman that God gave us as our wives and we say, you know what? God fashioned her and she's exactly right for what I need. And women, it's, it's, it's no different for you. You, you, you begin to find out how, how important it is for, for your man to be, and we're, we'll look at that a little bit later, for that man to be respected, for, for you to give him honor, and, and not for you to say to, 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 to your husband, I wish you were like him. It's the worst thing we can do. Because he's not him. And you don't live with him. If you lived with him, you would be saying, I wish you were like my husband. I, I, I look at this, you know, uh, where it says, you know, you'll be called woman. She was taken out of man. Um, you know, the, the, uh, theologians say, you know, uh, some theologians will say, this is man with a womb, woman. I don't know if that's what it, what it means right there, but, but, but what I do know for sure is that, that this, this woman has similarities. This is the first woman, but she had vast differences. And these differences uh, were, were physical. Did you know that in the anatomy between a man and a woman, there's differences? I'm so smart. I know I'm smart. Did, did you know that there's dif differences, emotional differences? How about mental differences? You, I, I jotted these things down. I think I should, I should say them. I, I said, we are physically different. You know, doctors used to say, I think my mom said they picked me up by the feet, and they said, he's a, he's a boy, right? Um, just by looking at their anatomy... Why is this? It's because of God's design. He fashioned the woman. How about emotional differences? We are emotionally different. Men are geared differently emotionally than women. The, the, the heart is stirred differently. I'm going to prove it to you. How many of you husbands and wives agree on watching movies? Oh, babe, let's watch Hallmark. Oh, no. Please, Lord, I'll do anything, Lord. Anything. Babe, you want to watch some golf? No. No way. Emotional differences. Babe, what do you want to eat? I don't care. Whatever you want to eat. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I want, let's go get a burger. Oh, I don't want a burger. <laughs> well, what do you want to eat? Well, whatever you want to eat. Okay, let's go eat tacos. No, not tacos. A salad? Yeah, yeah, salad sounds good. 
There's, there's these emotional differences that we have. How about mental? Do, are, are we mentally different? Right? We, we just have all these differences that, 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 uh, that make us unique. And we're different because of God's design. Because he fashioned the woman. I, I love the way that the psalmist puts it in, in Psalm 139, verse 13 through 15. This is what he says. He says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you. How many of you have said thank you to God? Okay. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And let me tell you, first service, and I'm speaking to second service too, you guys are complex people. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your, your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, because the dark is light to God. And every cell... Every joint, every bone that was formed in my mother's womb, he knew everything about James Reese. He knew what my eyes were going to look like. He knew what my nose was going to look like. That's why I don't get mad. I say, Lord, thank you for giving me this nose. It's a little bit big, but Lord, thank you. I'm not complaining. Lord, thank you for my ears. My grandson will say, Grandpa, do you think my ears are big? No, they're beautiful. You are made perfectly by God, wonderfully complex for God, okay? Now, I'm, I'm going to close with this, okay? The, my, my last, my last uh, takeaway, when we talk about the truth about marriage, not only is it, it God's idea, not only is it God's design, but it's also God's plan. And if we get the plan of God wrong, guess what happens? We end up in trouble. Are you with me? For this reason, for this reason, because it was not good for the man to be alone, because I was going to make him a helper that was going to be perfectly suitable for him, because I was going to fashion the woman out of the rib, because of all these wonderful things that, I was, that God said, I'm going to do, for this reason, a man, now this is important here, a man will leave his father and mother. Now, let's just kind of dissect that. A man is what? Male will leave his father, male, and his mother, female, and will cleave to his wife, female. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's the design. That's, that's the plan of God. A man will leave his father and mother and will cleave to his wife or be joined to his wife and they will become one flesh. See, I'm going to pause right there and, and we'll, we'll look at the other part of this scripture in a little bit, but God's plan is for young men to eventually leave their earthly father and mother. All the dads in the house went, woohoo! All the moms says, oh no, not little Johnny. The, the, the husband, so, so we leave our father and mother, and we cleave or we're joined to our wife. We become one. Now, let's, let's just dissect that, okay? 
We become one in a lot of different ways. So a lot of times we think that's uh, uh, sexual intimacy. Yes, physical. There's a physical part where we become one. In other words, no one should know Shauna like I know Shauna. No one should know me like Shauna knows me. Amen? Now, now here's, the, here's the deal. We're going to look at what happened next, next week. We're going to look at what happened because this is the ideal uh, picture of marriage. What happened? A lot of ugly happened because there's another entity in the playing field of life. So Shauna and I, we, 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 we came into Christ, and we came into, before we came uh, into Christ, we had a lot of things that happened in our life, but God is a restorer, and he makes all things good. He makes all things new. Now, I'm saying that for a reason, because when you come into marriage and you become one, intimately, physically intimately, you become one. But not only that, emotionally, you become one. When I hurt, my wife hurts. When she hurts, I hurt. When she's carrying a load mentally, I can sense it. When I'm carrying pressure mentally, she says, babe, what are you going through? How can I help you? There's a, there's a oneness, a beautiful oneness that happens in marriage that God designed for, for this reason. A man will leave dad and mom and we and my wife became one and God's design was for us to begin to look, at, look to my heavenly father as the source of our lives. And my parents, they did their job. Hear me now. Parents, once they leave, you did your job. A lot of times what happens, beloved, is we enable our kids because we do everything for them. Even when they're 30, 40, 50 years old, it's time to let them go and give them to God. And let God become their source and not you and not your spouse. Amen? And they were, let me talk about the last part real quick. And they were both naked and yet had no shame. There's a lot of implications right here. Again, there's a physical part, but there's more than that. What I do with this should be naked. It should be open to my wife. I should never hide anything with that. What I do with this should be open to my wife. This should never be hidden in any way. What I do with, with, with bills should not be hidden, but they should be open to my wife. The things that I'm thinking about, they, they, they should not be something that I think about and, and, and don't open up and say, you know what, I'm just having this struggle. We, let's pray together. And the more intimate you get, the more, the more naked that you get in your marriage, the more that you begin to, to know each other, the stronger that you are. And the devil will not have a foothold in your life. The more that you hide from your spouse, the more room that the devil will have in your life.
And I've seen it over and over and over and over from, from Christian leaders to, to people that are lay people. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how we carry ourselves. If we have hidden things, they will surface and come out. And most of the time, it will destroy everyone So let me say something to you. Marriage is of God. And if you're not getting married for, for, I hear all kinds of things. Well, I'm going to lose my finances. So you would rather keep your finances on earth. Go before God in heaven and say, my riches were more important than what you said. Some people say, I, I'm not, I, I can't get married because if I get married, I, I, I'm going to lose this and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and I got these benefits. Can I tell you, are you going to go and live your life and die where you're at right there and say, go before God and your salvation is based on your faith in Christ. But I'm going to tell you something, beloved. How are you going to go before God and say, I just, what you said, God, it didn't matter as much as the benefits that I have. Do you not believe, beloved? Here's the thing. Can you not exercise faith and believe that God will meet your needs? I just don't want to get married because I've been married four times and every one of them has not worked. Can I tell you something? Maybe this time is the time that you need to say, I'm committed and I'm going to do it the right way for the glory of God. Let me tell you something, beloved. I care about you this much that if you're having sexual intimacy outside of marriage, you're under the judgment of God. I love you that much to tell you. God cares about you that much. Your intimacy is not intimacy until you have Jesus Christ right there and his okay in what you're doing. You see, my intimacy with my wife just got better when God came into my life because before that, there was nothing that was right. I could get really, really deep here. I don't know if you can take it, though. Next week we will. If you're married here today, stand up and hold your, hold your spouse's hand. If you're married here today, stand up and hold your spouse's hand. Father, in the name of Jesus and in the authority of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray for these marriages. I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen them. Lord, that your love will permeate their homes, their hearts, their minds. I, I pray that anything that is unclean, anything that is vile, anything that, that is trying to creep in, Lord, that that will be removed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, that they will walk in holiness, Lord God, and in love and in intimacy for each other, Lord God, and especially for you. I pray you bless them with the blessings of Christ. I pray you, 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 you just give them your favor in everything they do, Lord God. Let, let these coming weeks be so special. Let there be a different, different step, uh, a skip in their step. Let, let them have a different smile on their, on, their, on their face because of you, and especially for each other. When they see each other, let them see how glorious you are through them. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen and amen.
God bless you. Let's all stand up now and worship our King.